Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Ricky. And this is Season 3, Episode 22 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. Uh, slated to come out on November the 16th, uh, 2020, or somewhere around there, depending on if I uh, set it up to go out that day or not. But um, So we're just going to go over uh, a whole bunch of topics and drink some beer, I think, today. It's going to be a fairly standard podcast. Um, so we're going to start out by talking about the Founders CBS. Uh, it is an imperial stout brewed with chocolate and coffee and aged in maple syrup bourbon barrels. That's an interesting thing. Maple syrup bourbon barrels. So CBS was born when we stumbled upon some bourbon barrels that had previously housed maple syrup. We opted to put the same base beer as KBS, uh, an imperial version of a breakfast stout, in the maple barrels, and after one taste, we knew that we had something special. Hints of rich maple syrup, roasted coffee, velvety chocolate, meld throughout uh, meld together in what can only be described as transcendental drinking experience. And uh, let me t see what the ABV is because I don't see it right off the bat. Um, and I know, let's see, ah, 11.3 ABV, which is like very close to what their um, KBS is, the Kentucky Breakfast Stout, I think is what they call it. Um, I can't seem to find the place to put that. So have you had your sip yet? I have. It's a bit interesting. It's not bad, but it's a little bit too like sweet for me. It's got this really thick, almost like syrupy feel to it. It's good. The flavors are there. I really like the chocolate and the coffee note. But uh, this is something that I think I'd almost have to mix with something else um, just to bring that sweetness down a little bit for me. So this is, I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but it, it, it is close enough to the um, Abyss that uh, the, the only thing that's really different between the two is that the Abyss has a little bit more of like a stone or dried fruit kind of flavor. Mm -hmm. And this one just goes all in on the maple syrup sweetness. And you're right, it does have a different mouthfeel. But I enjoy this. It's um, it's a, it's like an experience, especially whenever like I'm using a snifter glass to, to drink it, mm -hmm. being able to smell it and drink it at the same time. It, it's like having like breakfast in a glass, very similar to um, the French toast from Wicked Weed. Mm -hmm. uh, I I really dig this dig this beer. Um, Founders normally make some of my more middle of the line. I like them, but they're not like you know my top top uh beer but i really i really like their um kbs and cbs beers and so i can taste the kbs um the imperial stout flavor in there uh, very well i like it i like it a lot i think if you're a stout if you enjoy stouts and you enjoy chocolate and coffee this is one to try but if you don't like f beers that have like a thicker mouthfeel it might be kind of something to avoid or like you said, mix it with something else. Cause this would go good. Uh, uh, there's a few cocktails that I've been woken up to uh, recently and I might try one uh, a little bit later where you take um, a whiskey and you put it in a stout, like a Guinness. Uh, 
and then you have like this kind of flavor. Oh, interesting. I just, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm talking and I'm getting the aftertaste of this mm. and um, just letting it like kind of set on my tongue for a moment. I get full like maple syrup, like main maple syrup flavors um, coming, coming in. That's really interesting. So it's almost like um, an Asserglin or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I just went into the kitchen and cut this beer with maybe like a third by volume milk. It's really good. Mm. There's something to take a little bit of the sweetness out. You still get all the other good notes. Almost makes it like, not. it's not really like a milk stout, but it brings a lot of that syrupy down and makes it a lot creamier. Yeah, it, uh, it wouldn't be a milk stout. You'd have to put lactic acid instead of just milk fat in it but yeah it's uh interesting i'll have to try that i don't i don't have any milk on me right now so <laughs> i wouldn't be able to do that um but i i like it i think it's good I, I think it's definitely you know um it's up there probably in my top 15 beers i can't say it's in the top 10 necessarily i'd have to sit down and kind of think through that might, that might be a fun experiment like we go through and we look back at all the beers that we've drank over the last three seasons and we just put a compilation list of our top 10 and just go through why we think, you know, these are in the top five, these are in the top 10 and like do that for an episode. What do you think about that? That could be fun. Yeah. I'd probably have to go back and retry a bunch of them. It's been so yeah. Well, it'd be, it'd be a reason to go back and retry them. Mm-hmm. It might be hard to find some of the ones we like the best too, with some of the things that have happened lately. So yeah, it'd be fun to see where our, where our list falls. It might be a good season four opener um, to try. Uh, so, uh, Microsoft edge is now based on chromium, which I think most people probably know that, but like, will we try it? Will we, will we move over to it? Like what, what's going to happen there? You can also put it on a Mac or I, I, I think you can put it on Linux too. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get, they have it for iOS and Android, um, windows 10. Now it's this Mac windows 10, windows eight, windows 8.17, iOS and Android that you could install it on and try it. So um, what do you think? You're gonna, you're gonna download and um, install Edge and, and make that your primary browser? What, what's your- uh... I don't think I can make the jump to primary browser yet. I'll definitely give it a shot. So- I already you... keep Edge installed for some compatibility reasons. Yeah, that's true. Um, especially with the, the work that, that we, we end up doing um, it's good to have that browser compatibility around. Uh, I, I haven't actually tried it yet. I, I'm, I've been so busy that I, I, I kept, I put this topic up and I kept thinking, I'll try it before we do this. I'll try it next, next week. I'll try it tomorrow, you know, and I haven't done it. I can say um, it's interesting to see it being on a Mac itself. Um, just because you, gen- you generally don't see edge on something like that. Um, it, it's a pretty sleek experience. I did install it right before this and I just kind of opened it up. It's very similar to what you get from like windows 10, which hasn't been the worst (laughs) experience. Um, but it, um, and it kind of walks you through and, and, and everything like that. Um, and you, of course you get things like, 
you know, you can sign in to sync your data just like you get for Chrome and stuff like that. But you also get all those like Chrome apps that are on there. So that's that's good. And I'm not sure if you can sync, um, you know, like your Chrome data over to it, but that's a possibility. So that looks looks like it might be kind of a, a neat option. Um, so I don't know. You got any thoughts on it? I mean, I guess one of the things I'd, I'd ask is one of the big benefits of Chromium is that it's an open source project. But is the Edge browser still open source, or is it just taking that open source code and then putting like some proprietary shell on it? I believe that it would be taking that open source so, source code and putting their kind of proprietary spin on it. Gotcha. Um, I do think that you still have to keep it. Um, you still have to keep it uh, like open source. So you, the, there probably is a like a component on both sides where that where that has to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know uh, full fully what what the difference is, and of, of course I'll have to try it for a little bit to see. But um, it's uh it 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 basically just pulled in all my data from Chrome when I just did it right now as we're sitting here from the beginning of the topic that we started talking about. I hit download, install, went through, and it it's working and it's fast too. It's um like really fast. It's faster than Chrome it feels like, which is weird. <laughs> Well, I mean, um, Chromium is a lot faster than just playing Chrome. So that makes sense in some ways. It it installed and pulled in all of my um, existing Chrome uh, plugins and everything like that. Like, seriously, I just switched from Edge to Chrome, basically. Um, I'll have to finish setting it up a little bit later, but that was uh, that was a very painless experience. I've said I've, it's taken me hours to like dial in a web browser uh, before because I had to like move things over and stuff like that. This just like bloop bloop did it just like that. Um, really, really pleasant. I'm not sure that I want to move over to it because you know of of things, but um, if that's the the way that it it works across the board. I could see giving it a go and letting it be my daily driver for a bit, just to see uh, what the difference is kind of between the two. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say about that? No, I looked it up. It's not open source. They've got an open source license agreement. So like there are certain things they have to disclose, but yeah, they're not, they're not going full open source. So they say in the readme, you know, we're embracing web open source. So maybe that'll change in the future. Yeah, I, I I would hope so. I mean, it's so in many things, we want to be in our kind of silo about these things. And there are people who are really, they really have the idea, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to use anything that's not open source. So like mm -hmm. Firefox is the browser for me. Uh, but I've been using Firefox lately and it's it compared to Chromium is very slow. Now Chromium of course is much um, you know more uh, uh, advanced in some areas and, and less advanced in others. Uh, I, I like Firefox's and, and the and the, the Firefox foundations kind of 
ideology and everything like that. And so I, I use it and I want to continue to use it. But uh, at the same time, um, I would really like to see, I'd like to use a product that both has the speed and uh, convenience of something like Chrome and Edge and things like that with the privacy focus of something like Firefox. And sometimes those are at odds with other, with each other. I'm not naive in, in understanding that some of the things that makes Chrome so fast is the fact that it knows so much because it does invade your privacy, right? Um, but still, something that kind of uh, was in the middle would be, would be nice. More privacy focus, less, less um, you know, going to pull in all your data. Mm-hmm. So, um, what, uh, what, what else, uh, any, anything else you want to bring up about that topic or, uh, no, I think I'm good on that one. Okay. Let's talk about cyberpunk 2077. Cause I know that last time when we talked about Baldur's gate, we were like, well, should I try Baldur's gate? Because Baldur's gate three, because it's in early access and cyberpunk cyberpunk 20 cyber trunk man obviously i've had too much beer cyberpunk 2077 is coming out like next month and all this other stuff well just like the witcher 3 it's been delayed again (laughs) um which i I can't complain because i'd rather them deliver a great game than a game that uh, has issues um but yeah we've got uh, almost a month until it comes out again um, so, uh, how, so with cyberpunk, what are the things that you're the most like looking forward to, to experiencing in the game? I don't know. I'm looking for maybe like a more role play day effect when I think about like what cyberpunk going to be like, I really liked the world of Deus Ex. But I felt like it didn't do like very meaningful role play. You know, the difference between you're the guy that shoots everybody and you're the guy that doesn't shoot anybody really only comes into like one paragraph at the end of the game in terms of like meaningful change to the story. And you could get enough upgrade points that Jensen could just kind of get every single skill. You know, there wasn't any like idea of, hey, I need to make some sort of build except like for the very first level. So, you know. I'm kind of looking for something in that vibe. That's why uh, my wife, she's leaning, like, playing whatever the uh, like the Outlanders are called. But I'm thinking going Corpo. Like, I like the idea of, like, the first run being this kind of more stealthy, diplomacy-style person that's, like, just out there doing their job. I think, so I play, I, uh, there, there's also a tabletop RPG. Mm-hmm. That is based off of cyberpunk. It's gone through several uh, iterations. Um, there's some novels that are based around it too, and that's really what um, the um, what what is the name of that game? Uh, th- there's another game <laughs> that mm-hmm. exists. That's like that's like a Baldur's Gate type type game that I just can't think of right now. You but that's what that one. Uh, no, it's uh, so that. This is, uh, it came out uh, uh, a while back, um, and it's a top-down um, uh, uh, 
isometric 3D game. You can play it on mobile and, and all sorts of other stuff like that. But um, it is... Um, the one, one of the DLCs is called... Um, oh, I, I, I totally blanked. Um, Hong Kong. One of, the, one of the... Is it... It's not, but it's not... Um, it's not called that. Uh, it's not called Cyberpunk. It's something else. And I just Shadow it is like Shadowrun. Yes, that the Shadowrun and Cyberpunk are so um, so similar in like their kind of uh, way of like kind of thinking about things. That I this is going to be more like when to me when um, like the Elder Scrolls and um, the um, um, other games that Bethesda puts out. I am having a really hard time today thinking of video games. It's <laughs> so tough, uh, which is a not not a normal thing. But Fallout series, when the Fallout series, uh, you know, switched from 2D isometric to 3D, and and you had like Fallout 3 and Fallout 4. This is gonna kind of that's the thing that excites me about this. I get to explore the world 3D instead of it being 2D isometric, uh, because before all the like kind of uh, games that kind of fell in that vein. Those, they were all kind of 2D is isometric. And I love them. I love Shadowrun, which is, a, they're not the same game. So don't don't even, you know, think about it. Shadowrun is also like its own kind of RPG thing, uh, tabletop RPG thing. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really super looking forward to it. I, I, I don't normally pre-order things. And uh, I didn't pre-order The Witcher three uh, pre-order stuff and there wasn't a ton of things in there but there were some like really cool trinkets and stuff that i kind of wish i'd gotten um so i made sure that i pre-ordered this one because i wanted the collector's edition so i'm really looking forward to when it comes out and i was hoping that it would come out like in a couple days and you know like i'd be able to like, have it and maybe i would have like delayed the next two episodes and i'd be like okay well i got the pre-order let's do the next two episodes on my back porch and we can like kind of talk about it but um that didn't happen and it's not going to happen till december the 10th and our season will be over by then pretty much so yeah. <laughs> um yeah um but i i'm i'm uh i'm pretty stoked for it to be coming out um i i can't think of like there's not like a a story element that I'm looking forward to. And I, because I don't want to spoil things for myself, I've just been like, nah, I'm not going to, not going to watch stuff about it. I'm not going to read things about it. Um, but, but I'm looking forward to it, uh, hitting shelves and being able to do some, do some nice stuff with it. Yeah. I've tried not to spoil myself too much. I've watched some of the like demos where we'll take like 20 minutes of gameplay and uh, from different parts of the story and throw it in. What I'm really hoping this game does a good job of is like, forcing character development of like the character you play because that's a, an issue in a lot of rpgs you know as much as like we talk about skyrim skyrim very rarely makes something happen where you're like okay i'm going to reevaluate my character in like a role play sort of sense you know they don't throw that like heavy hitting they build someone up that's really important to you and then like they die or you know that kind of that kind of thing the closest you get to that is maybe far than that but you don't ever really get that close to it. But watching this one, there's uh, there was this one scene where it's, I guess 
if you go at it too aggressively or maybe not aggressively enough, it didn't really say, um, one of your companions will like die right there in the car with you. And when you go to cash your reward because the job went south, that person that you're supposed to be like getting your money from that made all this worth it tries to kill you too. So it's like, that would, that to me screams like such a point. Like if I was playing someone who was like really loyal to this gang, or I was playing someone that the idea is, hey, I'm just here to get money. I don't care about the consequences. Would I still feel that way after that? Like, would I like take my character down a different path because of events that happened in the game? So I'm hoping, hoping there's some moments like that that really like resonate that make you question: Is the path I've chosen the one my character really wants? Yeah, I think that's uh, the same sort of thing that you get into with like The Witcher. Um, you know, series, which has been really a lot of what CD Projekt Red has used as their bread and butter is they may not give you the ability to choose just whatever type of character you want to. I think in this one, you you get to choose like a male or a female character and you get to do some some other things like that. But for the most part, you know, it's going to be kind of like The Witcher where there's probably a little bit more of a static character. You're either this character or this character, right? But the decisions that you make as you go along there's like this huge set of decision trees and they'll they'll really uh affect the game play as it goes along now that's what i'm hoping for that's kind of the way the witcher was um and again you know it's like that like um you have some friends at some point if you chose choose to kind of back one of your friends the other of your friends gets mad um maybe even tries to murder you <laughs> you know like you, you have you have some things like that so i think i think it's going to be um uh, an, an evolution on that kind of mindset and i'm i'm looking forward to that um that's basically the i've gone from having like kind of this oh i love bethesda and the things that they do and i still love a lot of their games to I really like the mindset that studios like Larian and CD Projekt Red have when it comes to the way that they portray the stories in their games. And I'm, I'm enjoying those fairly deeply. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with, um, with the, the Witcher, Alcat Studios too. Um, I've been, I played a little bit more of the um, Pathfinder game that they did, which is, just that's a phenomenal game i think um, it has so many great options and things that change and you really you can't do everything so you have to choose which things you want to do um and what you want to spend your resources through and that's uh a really and that, that really affects the game and it's really a wonderful way for the game to kind of move forward and things to happen and they don't just trap you in stuff so i'm, I'm looking forward to that yeah. Um, uh, so let's talk about AMD fifth gen Ryzen. Have you seen any of the news about this? I've seen some of it. I won't say I'm super well versed, but I knew it had come out. All right. So I'm I'm going to give you like a um a, a five minute, maybe two minute, um, high level overview of what's being said. Um, so. When third gen Ryzen came out, um, you and I talked about would we make a computer that is based off of 
uh, a Ryzen CPU. Mm -hmm. Um, and you said no. And I said, well, I think I might. And so when my kid uh, decided she wanted to build a computer, I built one and it is a beast of a computer. I mean, my Intel based systems kind of, um, the price to performance and what I spent on the, on the, my Intel based systems versus, you know, even uh, I guess it would have been a while back now, <laughs> mm. uh, may, maybe like seven, six, seven years ago on these computers that I've, that I've used and they're still like great computers. Um, I've just updated the graphics card and a couple other things, but the processor is still the same. Um, was maybe twice as much as what I've spent on that computer. Um, cause it was like $1,200, maybe a little bit more. It might've been closer to 15. Um, but that, you know, it was a, it, it was expensive, but it wasn't like expensive, expensive, like, like my, my other two were. Um, and so, you know, that the, the price to performance for Ryzen three was really a draw for me. And it's very performant, right? It's just great that that there's some some awesome tweaks and and things that you can do there. And it just it turns on like that. It plays games beautifully and does other tasks wonderfully. Now, um, Ryzen Five is out. They skipped four because they made like a fourth gen mobile thing, and there were some naming conventions. So they just basically on the desktop. There was like three, five, right? Mm. Um, and so Ryzen 5 is basically the new uh, generation of Zen, and it actually can boost to the same or a little bit higher uh, as far as single-thread performance from for what Intel can do. Uh, it depends on memory and some other things about how you make your computer, but basically the way they've got the chiplet design with a larger... Uh, memory cache and some of the things that they can do to like kind of move around really makes the system much more performant than current Intel based systems. And you've got, you know, five, six months before an, another Intel based system that might come out that can maybe be a little bit faster in single thread performance, but they're absolutely killing it in multi-thread performance. Uh, and as you're moving forward having multiple things happen on, on computers, that's that sort of big deal, especially if you're doing anything creative or uh, where you're having to do multiple things all at once. Uh, Multi-thread performance becomes important. So um, that happened, and then Nvidia has um, launched its, you know, GTX RTX. I'm sorry, RTX uh, 3000 series. Well. Um, Ryzen uh, launched its, uh, you know, RX 5000 series, I think. So 5000 series um, processors, 5000 series graphics card now. And, um, or I said Ryzen, I'm at AMD. Um, so you know, now you have two, two th new technologies that are coming from this company that are, are really compelling. Um, the there from what I can tell because I haven't I haven't put my hands on any of these uh, but if they're if they can do you know 80% of what they say they can do at the price that they're saying they can do it it's a game changer for a lot of things because it puts competition squarely back on the on the table
Gotcha. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where um, where it goes because like any piece of hardware, you have to get. Yeah, not not just not just because oh, it's a better price to performance. It's just better um, right now. So, what are you thinking? You're gonna be, is your next computer that you're gonna build be a AMD powerhouse, or are you you still gonna stick with the Intel Nvidia um, side of things? I will see. I mean, I think the last time we talked about this, it came down to would the new AMD hardware have better software support than it used to? And if it does, then you're right. There really isn't much of an argument there. You know, one's offering comparable performance for cheaper, and they both have well representation in the software market. So if that doesn't happen, then that still gives Intel a bit of an edge. But it's hard to say what that's going to look like until these have been out there for a while and you start seeing what are people doing their development on, how fast are they doing hot fixes for driver issues and stuff like that. So in, in the circles that I've been kind of putting myself in to, to absorb this information and my experience with building a couple of these systems for friends or you know family, um, there is no performance difference as far as like software performance between the two anymore. Um, you know, when we're talking about stuff like coding, there's no, there's really no difference. And when we're talking about like driver support and everything, um, we're just, we're not seeing that, you know, as, as problematic anymore. Um, especially if you're someone who is savvy enough to know how to update drivers on your own. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, I, I don't, I don't really see that being a problem with this next generation, uh, of, of AMD software, cause it's all based off the same architecture and drivers and, uh, you know, patching that came out for, you know, gen one, gen two, gen three, and, and, and Gen 5 now. is all, They're all kind of based off the same stuff, and they've just gotten progressively better as it's gone along. Uh, and Gen 1 had some rough... Had, Gen 1 and 2 had some rough moments. Like, I'm, uh, that's why, I like, we didn't even talk about that stuff, really. Uh, but 3 to 3 and now, it's beautiful. Uh, it's, it's wonderful the way that it, it, it runs, especially if you're talking about Windows. Um, and then when you start talking about maybe putting... Um, you know, something like, uh, Mac OS or, or Linux on this, it, it is absolutely able to take advantage because of the, the Unix core of this is absolutely able to take advantage of the power of these devices. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think that there's anything to stop you from doing this other than I just don't want to, <laughs> you know? No, I mean, I've never really been sold on either one in terms of like there's no like brand loyalty with any of my tech stuff it just for a long time amd had some significant issues getting good driver support especially when you were looking at games because a lot of times a new game comes out the driver really has to be kind of tools to that in some extent to get the best performance out of it and amd did a real bad and it's not really amd's fault because the developers supposed to help with those things too. But there was a real bad string of like, oh, well, hey, we've got this new driver out. Oh, well, it kind of worked for the game that it's supposed to, but it broke these other games and stuff. But if they've got that sorted out and it's a lot more stable in that regard now, then it really does come down to price for performance. And AMD 
he has almost always won that battle, at least in the last decade. I mean, way back when it was a little bit harder. They were a little further behind. But AMD for a while has been putting out comparably strength hardware at a slightly lower price. You're you are correct about that. The you know before Ryzen Gen One, essentially, AMD really was sucking. And I mean, even at Gen One, even though you saw promise with this stuff, it just it wasn't really um, d- delivering what it was saying. And the the graphics cards, I've got to give it a little bit of time. I'm not sure about that. I'm still pretty firmly on the. I just I, I want to see competition, but I also just want my games to work. And so, you know, I've, I've steered clear of the AMD graphics cards for that reason, for the most part, in the last couple of generations, and the, the, you know, 470, 570, and so on um, series. But the, the, the pairing of a, like, RTX 2060 plus a Gen 3 Ryzen, you know, 5, um, you know, 3700 or something like that. Oh my gosh, man, I'm just telling you, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Um, and so that that's what I'm thinking more like with this. I'm just, I'm like, you know, my next system is going to just be a powerhouse. You know, I'm just, I'm going to make a sleeper, like, PC that probably looks like something like, you know, I would have had in the night in the early two thousands or late nineties, and uh, but it's going to have some some stuff in it, some really awesome awesome stuff in it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I you know I'm looking forward to see what you're going to come up with because I think when I build my next computer, you're probably going to be like hunkering to build yourself another one too. Um, Maybe yeah, we've decided that we're going to stick with the hardware I have right now and see how Cyberpunk plays. And if it has issues, we might sink in for a new graphics card. We probably won't need a new processor. Cyberpunk doesn't seem like it's going to be CPU-bound too much. Yeah. All right, man, you got anything else you want to say about that? No, I think I'm good. All right, well, then, this has been Season 3, Episode 22 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.